welcome to today's daily devotion, your daily uh, PPE podcast. Today is July the 16th. It is Saturday, and the title of today's devotion is Citizens of Zion. Citizens of Zion. This is a devotion from Psalms 87. We're going to be looking at the first four verses, and uh, this is a psalm of the coming city of the Lord. God has promised us a place where uh, we will reign with him forever. And this psalm is one of those psalms that speaks about our future hope. Let's get into it this morning. We've covered the first three verses of this chapter before, so uh, we're just going to briefly look at them again. First of all, verse um, Psalms 87 is a psalm that expresses the praise and the glory for the city that God has founded. <clears throat> he calls it his holy city, the city of Zion. Um, this this psalm is much like uh, Psalms 46 and 48, 76 and 84. There's a couple others that speak about the greatness of the city and why God has chosen this place to be the place where his presence will reside and his people, especially in biblical times, uh, lived and live and uh, where the new world will come into order, into eternity. This city is the city that God has called his people to come and worship in. This is the city where he has built the temple. This is where he set David as the king. Uh, and where God chose Solomon to build the temple. So God's people could come and they could worship him from this mighty city, Zion. It's also a look ahead. It's a time when all nations will come and worship the Lord. And all nations will be able to come and enter into the city gates and worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, which is Jesus, who will rule and reign from Zion from all eternity. Isn't that exciting? Uh, so let's let's get started here uh, in the first verse. The first verse starts out, uh, and it mentions the stability of the city. It's located uh, on the holy mountain. Verse one says, "On the holy mountain stands the city founded by the Lord." Um, he loves the city of Jerusalem more than any other city in Israel. O city of God, what glorious things are said of you. The city being on the mountain indicates the power and the stability of the city. In ancient times, any city that was located on a mountaintop with the walled cities around, with the walled walls around it was a city that was um, sometimes impenetrable. Um, it was hard enough to get up the hill, but by the time you got up the mountain, you had the gates to go through it. It, it just, it recognizes, and the writer recognizes its location as being something of power. But although this does bring power, and the, the, the city on the hill does brings stability. What really brings the power and stability is because God's presence is there. He rules, he reigns, and he resides in the city that he has called his holy place. The phrase or the word loves indicates that 
the Lord will continue to love this place. It's a special favor of his. It's not just in biblical times. It's not just of today, but it's for all eternity. And the Bible points out here, or the writer points out, that it's it's loved by more than any other city in Israel. Many glorious things are said of this city because this is the place that's going to be talked about throughout the age of the author. It is the place that's going to be remembered as where people come to worship the Lord there. That's where God wants his people to come and where he wants them to worship. This was true in the time of this writing, and it's also a reminder that the people, as they worship, they come there to that place because this is the place that God has in his plans set for the future where his presence will bring, and it will bring great joy. Here at the end of verse 3, we have this little word, Selah, or interlude, depending on what version of the Bible that you're reading from. And if you've been listening to my podcast or my videos very long, uh, you know that this word means or it encourages the reader to stop and to ponder or think about what the writer has just written about before moving on to the next verses. So I want you to do just that. Think about what a great city this is already and how the writer is describing it. I have this visiting this city for myself. Uh, This is on my so-called bucket list of mine. I would love to go there. I I can't imagine a vacation uh, where I could spend uh, a week in the city of Jerusalem or around the places where Jesus walked and taught and spoke to his disciples and then uh, was crucified there on Calvary. I just can't even imagine being there. Um, I have a friend who attends or goes to Israel just about every two years. And he has always extended an invitation for me to go there and to be there with them. And he always tells me that he'll give me an opportunity to teach from one of the places that Jesus taught from and to be able to baptize or be baptized in the Jordan River. I'm just telling you, that would be a vacation of a lifetime. But what the writer wants us to think about here is not only just visiting the city, but what he really wants to think wants us to think about is how the city is described and it's awaiting for all of us that serve Jesus. I may not visit the city in my lifetime here on earth, but when I go to be with the Lord in heaven and Jesus comes and raptures his people out of this world, And he sets up his new kingdom here on earth in Jerusalem. Then I will go and visit that city. What a hope. What a uh, just a joy that will be just knowing that one day, whether I get to do it now in this life, that one day I will go and be with Jesus in the new city. We will all live there with Jesus as our king and the glory and the presence and the peace that will be on display there in that time. The writer is trying to get us to understand that it will be incomprehensible, that we can't even comprehend the joy that will be there for us. Let's move on to verse number four. That was not a very 
brief introduction of the first three verses. But anyway, let's move on. Psalms 87, verse number four. We'll just cover this this morning. I will count Egypt and Babylon among those who know me, also Philistia and Tyre, and even distant Ethiopia. Listen to this. They have all become citizens of Jerusalem. Now, wait a minute. What did the writer just write there? Think about, again, I guess I should include, and maybe this should have included Selah or interlude at the end of verse number four again, because we really need to think about what is the writer saying here? All of these nations, Egypt and Babylon, Philistia and Tyre, even Ethiopia, these were all, and probably at the time of this writing that the psalmist wrote this, these were all enemies of God and enemies of Israel and possibly even enemies at the time of this writing. How in the world will these nations and these people come and worship the Lord in Jerusalem? Number one, how could the people even come up with them to worship? And how could they come and be with the very enemies that have held them in captivity? What is the author saying? The author is trying to convey the message and the power that the presence of God will hold in this city. God is establishing a city, a place for all nations to have the opportunity to come and worship him, to come and to be in his presence. And this presence that he will have in this city in eternity will be such a power and a peace. Again, it's incomprehensible. And even at the time of this writing, people could not even understand how such a peace could come to people's lives. Here's the, here's the key. It's God's gospel. It's his message of Jesus Christ that brings peace to all nations. It's not just a, a hope now. It's a peace now. And it's a peace that will come one day for all people. Who make Jesus their Savior and they, their King. They will be able to come into this city of Zion. And worship and praise God right alongside of many who viewed them at the time as enemies of God. In the city of Jerusalem, in the new city of Jerusalem, there will be no enemies. There will be no other kings except for King Jesus and he will reign in peace and power for all who call him Savior. We will come into the city, and there will be no restraint. There will be no condemnation. It doesn't matter what your past is or was, or what your background is or was. God will bring all people together to serve him, and we will all be called the citizens of Zion. Hallelujah. God, thank you for this words of encouragement and wisdom today. God, I pray that we would apply it to our lives. I pray that we will live it. And God, I pray that we will live in expectation of what you have for us to come. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your salvation. And thank you for this city of hope. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Citizens of Zion, that's who we are. Are you a citizen of Zion today? You can be. All you have to do is serve the Lord, ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins, 
asking to come into your life, asking him to be Lord of your life, and then serve him from his word. Hallelujah. God bless you. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Uh, remember, I'm praying for you, and I'm believing God to do great things through your life. Have a wonderful day once again, and have a wonderful weekend. And Lord willing, I'll talk to you on Monday. God bless you.